Well, amen. Amen. Thank you again for having um, us come. I just want to thank you. My name is Jordan Kaczynski. Um, this week I'll be working with the Boosters, and I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you again for having us. If you'd open up your Bibles, I have a, a quick message I'd like to share with you uh, before I have Mr. Seth come up, and uh, that is from Matthew chapter 9. If you turn in your Bibles from Matthew chapter 9. I tell you, I love boosters. I love the kids uh, that are under 12. They're a lot of fun. I remember uh, one boy, his name was Keith. And uh, I was sitting with him while uh, the church was practicing choir and uh, just talking to him. And, and he's, he was probably about, I don't know, about four or five. And, and he kept pointing at everything I had. He said, uh, oh, what does this thing do? Um, and I said, well, well, those are my ribbons, and, and we give ribbons out for holiday Bible clubs. We give them to kids who memorize their scripture, who bring neighbors, and so he was satisfied with that answer. And then he said, oh, what does that thing do? And so, so I had my rope. I explained to him. I showed him a rope trick and showed him that we use it to, to tell other kids about Jesus. And they pointed my whistle. He says, what does that thing do? And I said, oh, you know, this is my whistle, and I kind of blew it a little bit, showed him a little bit. Uh, and then he pointed at my Bible, and he said, what does that thing do? And uh, I just sat there for a minute, and I kind of thought to, my, to myself, wow, what does this thing do? And this is, the, this is the way in which we can have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he asked that question, I told him, I said, this is the Bible. And we hear from God by reading his word. And that is the, this is the Bible that we're going to be preaching out of every single day this week for Holiday Bible Clubs, from the teaching to the preaching to the skit. We're going to be focusing in on the gospel. And I'm just so excited uh, to be here and to be able to be serving the Lord, uh, preaching His Word. So if you're there in Hebrews chapter 9, uh, we're going to look at uh, verse 35. Or sorry, not Hebrews, Matthew chapter 9. That's my bad. Matthew chapter 9, we're going to look at verse 35. And beginning, the Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray real quick. Uh, dear Lord, I thank you for this people. Lord, I thank you for the LifeGate Baptist Church and how you've used this church to reach uh, souls for you. Lord, I pray that as we open up your word, Lord, that we would truly be moved with compassion as you were. And Lord, that you would reveal the truth that you would have us to learn in this passage today. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It was about uh, 2 a.m. on September 8th of 1860 when a steamship by the name of Lady Elgin collided with a boat by the name of Gusta in Lake Michigan, North America. Uh, this was near uh, Illinois, and uh, the Lady Elgin, it was holding up about 300 passengers and a crew, and they were going on a round-trip sightseeing tour from Milwaukee to Chicago. Little did, the no, little did the captain know that the damage was a lot worse than he had anticipated. And as they were going along, uh, all of a sudden the hull gave through and the, the engine and, and the boilers and everything fell right through the ship. That night, many people died. Many victims were fighting for their life as they were floating on debris for long hours in this cold water. And 
Some were uh, attempting to get to the shore, but were ultimately uh, pushed back in by the undertow, and uh, many people there died as uh, they were breaking the, uh, the, the water there for six hours. But there was a man by the name of Edward Spencer, and this man who happened to be walking on the shore with a, a group of college friends, uh, he was walking and he noticed there was something out in the lake. And as he looked, he saw that there was uh, people who were fighting for their life. Couldn't help but look at him. Edward Spencer happened to be an experienced swimmer. He tied a rope around his, uh, his waist and he began to swim for the victims in that lake. Victim after victim he saved. He would be pulled back in as soon as he would get to them. He would pull them back in onto shore and uh, he would uh, lay them on the ground and uh, get, try to get some medical support as uh, there was nobody there to help the people on the Lady Elgin. Edward Spencer, he went out time and time again and saved that night 17 people. When he finally saved the 17th person, he collapsed on the ground of complete utter and utter exhaustion because he could do no more. When he woke up, Edward Spencer's brother was there and as he woke up, uh, he recalls the private torment that uh, Edward Spencer was in and he says that his face would turn ashen pale and he would fasten his great hungry eyes on me and he would say this, he'd say, tell me, William, Tell me the truth. Did I fail to do my best? Did I do my best? Did I do my best? Here in this passage, the Bible is very clear that Jesus was moved with compassion. And just like Edward Spencer, when he saw the people and their great need in that lake, he was moved with compassion, he was stirred in his heart, and he started to save them. He did something about it. I'd like to know church, and I ask myself this question, but uh, do we see people how the Lord Jesus Christ sees people? You see, when the Lord Jesus Christ saw people, he saw a mission field. He saw people who needed him. He saw people who were hurting. He was moved with compassion. Just as briefly tonight, I'd like to look at three characteristics of the harvest that God has called us to. Notice with me in verse 36, the opportunity of the harvest, the opportunity of the harvest. We'll back up to verse 35 where the Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because uh, they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Notice the opportunity of the harvest. Uh, see, Jesus' method was that he preached everywhere. The Bible says that he preached to the rulers in the synagogues. Uh, back in those days, in uh, biblical day, uh, times, the rulers in the synagogues would be noted as the wealthier folk. They were the scribes. They were the uh, Pharisees. They were the rulers in the synagogues. And uh, Jesus, he preached in the synagogues. He taught in the synagogues. But also notice it says here that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. He preached them in the cities and the villages. Uh, the cities in biblical times, they were a little bit more wealthy than the villages, but they would see mo you would see more of your craftsmen, more of your middle class uh, people. And then you notice in the villages, uh, the history records that villages were places of a lot more poverty. They were typically shepherds who were not very wealthy. 
But we notice here that there was an opportunity for this harvest. You see, when Jesus went out, he preached everywhere. He preached to the poor. He preached to the rich. He preached to the people who needed it. And that was everyone, everywhere. But notice his message. See, he preached the gospel. He preached the gospel of the kingdom, as verse 35 says. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3 uh, through 4, we have the clearest presentation of the gospel, I believe, in all of Scripture, where the Bible says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. This is uh, the uh, clearest, most passage of what the Lord Jesus Christ was trying to do. He was trying to teach them that he would die one day for their sins and that he would take uh, the sins of the world upon his shoulders. You see, Jesus was moved over the common people. When he looked up, he saw the opportunity for this harvest. And here today in Ireland, there is an, an amazing and massive opportunity uh, for people to be reached with the gospel of Christ. When Christ saw the common people, he seized every minute of his earthly ministry to share the gospel to this lost and this dying world. Why? Why? Well, it was love. You see, he was moved with compassion. First uh, John 4.18 says that we love him because he first loved us. Isn't that a wonderful truth that we're saved because he first loved us? And when Jesus came down to this earth in Mark chapter 10.45, it said, for the, even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but rather to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Uh, I want you to notice the opportunity of the harvest. God has called us to be moved with compassion and we have an opportunity in this harvest. But I also want you to notice in verse 37 the obligation to the harvest. The Bible says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I want you to notice the the audience that uh, Jesus was preaching to uh, was the disciples. And a lot of people debate on whether the church was started with the disciples or whether it was started uh, at Pentecost, but we do know this, the church has been started, and praise the Lord, you're sitting in church. The church, of course, is not a building, but it rather is the people of God uh, here in a local church, and uh, there was the audience that Jesus was speaking to. It was his disciples. And as Jesus turned around and he looked at his disciples, he says these words, he says, hey, the harvest truly is plenteous but the laborers are few. As Jesus looked across the multitudes, he said, can you see them? Do you see the people as I see the people? He says the harvest is plenteous. Lamentations 3 and verse 51 says, mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city church. When you go to work, do you see the lost people how Christ sees the lost people? A church, when you walk down the street, do you see the teenagers? Do you see the kids who are growing up in homes that do not have the gospel preached? Who are growing up in homes of uh, secular humanism? Uh, Mr. Seth and I, we had the privilege of uh, being um, at another church in Swords uh, just this past week. And we met in the school uh, and educate together. Uh, it was uh, Thornley Educate Together, a national school. And I hear you have some over here on this side. As I was walking down these hallways, I was seeing all of the uh, different uh, bits of information that they were giving about how we need to be diverse and how we need to be tolerant and how we need to uh, just accept everyone for who they are. And, and I couldn't help but think what Christ would think walking through a school like that. 
Uh, these people, these children are growing up in a secular, uh, secular uh, place. Here in Ireland, it's the same thing in America. Uh, you're, we're not, we're not uh, very different in a lot of our educational values and a lot of our society is uh, very much the same. The whole world is spinning towards secular humanism. Uh, the whole world is turning to a place where they want to deny God. But see, we have an obligation to the harvest. Christ was moved with compassion. He calls His people, the church, His sheep, to be moved with compassion. Notice John 4.35 says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Jesus said, Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. See, Jesus wanted his disciples to understand that there was a lost and dying world that needed to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, we have an opportunity in the harvest. We have an obligation in the harvest. But I want you also to understand that we have to take ownership of this harvest. Look at verse 30, 38. The Bible says, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. The Bible very clearly says that we must take ownership of this harvest. You see, we need to take ownership for this week of holiday Bible clubs. We have this opportunity. We have to uh, see the obligation that we have, and we need to take ownership of the harvest that we have been uh, called to. You see, this is your church. This is the place that God has placed you in. This is your community. And God has placed you here to reach the lost for such a time as this. There are uh, dozens and dozens of children. There are dozens and dozens of teenagers right here in Tale, Ireland that need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you fulfilling the great commission? Or are you filling the great omission? You see, the best thing in Ireland that's happening this week is this holiday Bible club. I hope you believe that. I hope you believe that this, the best thing that we're going to see happen this week is this holiday Bible club in this church. You see, we have an opportunity. We have an obligation and we need to take ownership of this harvest. Matthew 28 is very clear that we must go out and uh, compel them to come in. We must win them to Christ. We must baptize them and we must teach them the word of God. And uh, we're called as uh, God's servants to go out and do exactly that. When I was uh, younger, uh, when I was, I believe, about 16, I went uh, to work. My aunt worked in a hospital, and I went to work at a medical center. And uh, I was volunteering in the hospital, and um, I'm kind of one of those guys who likes to see all of the, all of the blood and, the, and all of that. I, I kind of like that. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little bit weird. My uncle thinks I'm weird, but I, I enjoyed going into the hospital and, and being able to help in the emergency services. And so I, I was in the emergency department there when I was 16, and uh, you know, all of these people would come in. They'd have broken legs. They'd have, uh, they'd have some really things that were not going so well with them. And, and so I was in that, in that, uh, that hospital and, and I really enjoyed my time there. But I remember one specific time uh, where a guy came in, he was about my age, and uh, after uh, classes, a group of him decided to go on this rock called China Rock and they were going to jump into the lake. 
And uh, from there, they were you know, going to go swimming. And a lot of these college-age guys, they would go and they would jump into the lake over this rock. And that's just something that they like to do. And I, I guess I'm a little crazy sometimes now because I'm about that age. But um, they, would, they would jump off the rock and then they would go over the, the small jagged rockets, rocks at the, not rockets, but rocks at the uh, base of the rocks or the rock. And then they would jump into the water. So they would jump over and over and then into the water. And uh, these guys, they decided what they would do is they would jump off the tree, over the rock, over the jagged rocks, and into the water. Uh, So that's what they decided to do, and needless to say, it did not end up very well for his legs. His legs came in, and um, well, we couldn't tell that they were legs. Uh, But anyway, so he comes in, and and I'm just looking at this, and, and I'm just thinking, my goodness, what's going on with this guy? But I remember inside, I, I looked at him and I couldn't help but have pity for him. I couldn't help but just be stirred a little bit in my heart and notice that this guy really needed help. And so the nurse, she was there and it, it was just kind of all uh, really happening quick. She said, you know, here's some bandages, let's get this guy going. And I just couldn't help but think in my heart about this, this guy who was in so much pain, this guy who was hurting, and this guy who um, really had no hope of having his legs unless somebody helped him. And I couldn't help but think about this guy who uh, just needed someone of ex- expertise, someone of help that, to come alongside and just help this guy. But you know, every day we walk out the doors, we see people who have never heard the gospel before. We see people who are struggling in addiction. We see kids and teenagers who have no hope of growing up in a Christian home. And we have the answer. But how many times do we pass up the opportunity to invite them to church? Or the opportunity to share the gospel with them? See, Christ was moved with compassion. And he calls us to be moved with compassion as well. In closing, turn to Romans chapter uh, 9. Romans chapter 9. I just want to show you this passage real quick in closing. Romans chapter 9 and verse 1. The Bible says this. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. This is Paul speaking. And basically in this passage he says, I wish myself accursed. I wish myself accursed from Christ for my brethren. Literally what Paul was saying is, I wish I could give my salvation up for my people. See, Paul was moved with compassion. He was so stirred in his heart to see people saved. And to meet that need, the gospel of Jesus Christ to his people, that he wished himself accursed. Someone said this, Why all the intensity? Why are you such in such of a hurry? Because there's a literal hell, he answers. There's a literal hell of torments and fire where men and women are crying out. You see, everyone who does not accept Christ will spend eternity in that terrible place. He went on to say, if that doesn't motivate you to win souls, nothing will. Church, 
Are you moved with compassion? Are you moved with compassion? Do you see souls as Christ saw people? Let's pray. And dear Lord, I thank you uh, for this church. And Lord, I just pray that we would be moved with compassion. Lord, I pray that as the song said of a little bit ago, that it wouldn't be I, Lord, but it would be that Christ would live through us, that you would live through us. And Lord, I pray that we would be moved compassion, with compassion as you were moved with compassion, Lord. Lord, I wish that uh, we would be more and more like you, Lord, in how you viewed people. Lord, help us this week as we, oh Lord, go through Holiday Bible Club. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be afraid and that we would seek to invite uh, kids, teenagers, and even parents, Lord, to church this week. Lord, I thank you for just the opportunity to serve you. Lord, I ask that your special blessing would be upon this week. In Jesus' name, amen.